Hello, welcome to another episode of our Ask the Agile Analyst, and this is Jacqueline Sanders Blackman. And I came across a tweet, just uh, 140 characters, that got my attention and made me want to record an episode just around the tweet because it was reflective of what I'm hearing and seeing and actually one of my worst fears when it comes to Agile. The question simply was, is Agile for everyone? And the short answer, and probably the answer everyone wants to hear is, no, Agile isn't for everyone. And and that's probably what you would expect me to say, because on other episodes you've heard me say that there's no silver bullet. There's no one size fits all. But that said, Agile is flexible. There's, there's a whole range uh, and so many options around Agile that in the broader sense, when we think, look at the big umbrella, yes, Agile, I believe, and have been successful in helping various companies no matter what size, no matter how old or how long they've been in business, no matter how many different smaller companies have been cobbled together and mergers to make the company, no matter whether it was regulatory or had compliance or government or privately owned, I've helped all sorts of organizations find the right agile mix for them. So in the broad umbrella, absolutely. And honestly, when organizations approach me and have made some attempt at Agile and are just about at that point where they're concluding Agile isn't for us or we'll never do real Agile. Now, you all know that term real Agile in and of itself, I don't subscribe to because there's not one Agile. It's not a methodology. It's a framework. It's a mindset. It's a culture. So with that said, when organizations are just about at the end of their rope, by and large, I really find that there's three things that they haven't stopped to consider. One of them is when we talk about Agile, so many times it's synonymous with Scrum, the Scrum approach. And one of the questions, when I start to, I put on my business analysis hat, I look at where they are, I look at where they want to go, what they're trying to achieve from Agile. And through that process of elimination, I've asked them, have you considered anything other than Scrum? And, you know, nobody wants to be put on the spot, but I offer, for example, a Kanban type of approach, a Kanban mindset. And a lot of people don't differentiate Scrum from Kanban. And that has a lot to do with history. And to begin with, Kanban, a lot of people think of it as the board where you're visibly showing the work in progress. And so, yes, Scrum teams use a form of a Kanban board. So I've had many say, oh yeah, we, we 
we've tried Kanban. We do Kanban. We do Kanban in a combination with Scrum. So let me further define what I mean by doing Kanban. Not just using a Kanban board, but doing Kanban. There's a couple of values related to the Kanban flow, continuous flow of work. And you, I'll, I'll throw a few of those out and then you can dive a little bit deeper in them. But one of them has to do with work in progress, for example. The concept of swarming on work. The idea of pulling work, not pushing work. And also the idea of doing more finishing than you do starting. Now, all of these have much more language behind them, but I just want to lay that out, that when I say doing Kanban, that's what I'm referring to. It's in itself, again, a framework. And the goal is continuous flow and doing things in a, a way where there's not bottlenecks and that the work is right size to the capacity of the group so that you can keep working, keep work items moving through the flow and delivering a quality product and at the same time being able to handle different type of work items to be able to handle emergency or urgent work orders and knowing and having those guidelines for how to set work aside, address or swarm on those things that are urgent or emergencies, and then returning back to work. And the other piece too is to focus on getting the work in progress done before starting a bunch of new things. This is a bad habit, I think, of people always trying to, or having an environment where it's encouraged to always be busy. And by that, what I mean is opening up and starting a lot of different things, but disregard for actually finishing them. Because if they're not finished, then ultimately the customer isn't gaining any value. And and that's, uh, again, kind of a, a symptom of our many organizations who for so long were run by type A people who always encourage multitasking. So open up and start a bunch of things. But what in fact is you get a little bit of everything going and nothing completed. And so that's where the Kanban kind of values and mindset and framework are encouraging something very different. And I, I say that organizations, you, you get the advantage of the Kanban and the, the flow, but you can layer concepts from Scrum in with it, including the two-week sprints, having stand-ups, having your demos and your retrospects, um, continuous improvement, the, the team values of collaboration and communication, all of those, which is why the variation of Scrum Bond is also, in and of itself, becoming very legitimate. So, not every group, department, or organization lends itself 
to just a pure scrum approach. Scrum is, is proven for when you're doing brand new development. You've got a big epic or initiative and needs to be broken into features and stories. But what if you have a bunch of product owners that all have their own individual uh, requests? They're even competing for you. And a prime example is what we know as shared services that are trying to work with bigger Kanban teams uh, and, and bigger scrum teams. There's a way for that scrum team to collaborate with the Kanban team. These are all, again, different ideas that before people are ready to just abandon Agile and to think that everyone in the whole organization has to be doing Scrum in one specific way, to step back and to recognize that there is a range. You've got Scrum, which I talked about, Kanban, Scrumbon, and then the other component, which again, before people are ready to throw in the towel um, and to scrap Agile, is you may be doing Agile at the team level, but you still have a bigger organization. There's a bigger context in which your solution is going to fit into the overall organization. And what a lot of organizations, which Agile started in a lot of organizations at the team level, uh, kind of a grassroots effort, maybe even coming up through IT and, and kind of exposing itself and then drawing in the business. Well, now the rest of the organization needs to also understand what their role and impact is in cultivating the Agile ecosystem, so to speak. And that's what's known as scaled Agile framework. The Agile teams, they're not working or delivering their product in some isolated bubble. They impact the rest of the organization just as much as the organization impacts them. So there has to be some alignment because the Agile team that's producing these solutions their customer just isn't a single product owner. It has a ripple effect. Systems and services out of IT don't sit in isolation. And the good thing is for organizations that might now just be realizing that this grassroots movement that came out of IT is now slowly but surely either being constrained because the rest of the organization isn't aligned or the rest of the organization now recognizes and or has decided that they want to adapt Agile and now they need to make the same transformation that IT has started. So I often find that uh, IT teams are at a level three or four in Agile maturity but now you have to bring aboard the middle layer, everything from the program management office all the way up to the portfolio management. So before you scrap Agile, there's a little bit more that you need to understand and consider because let's stop for a minute and think of the alternative. Going back 
to the way it was. If we think about waterfall and even the half attempts at iterative design and development, it's not an option. The world has tasted agile and the world and the industries are now moving faster than ever. Competition. And I think what a lot of people who are sitting at their their desks, their cubicles, have been a part of big corporations for so long, have to wake up and realize is that smaller organizations, all of these small businesses, these entrepreneurs, if, just take a moment and watch shows like Shark Tank. Small businesses, they're able to be nimble. And what are they doing? They're challenging and taking market share from big businesses because they are nimble. And I just bring all of this up to say that people often talk about agile as if it's an option. And what we're seeing more and more, especially with big organization, it's not an option. It's not a choice. It's not a luxury. It is a matter of survival. So employees who are resisting or trying to um, find ways or validate their perception that it can't work are actually blocking companies from getting in a position to be competitive over the next five to ten years. The irony is, I see young people, our millennials, our college students, they don't question Agile because it's the world as they know it. It's those who have lived through Waterfall who I would think would be the last to want to go back to Waterfall. I see so many people suddenly forget how bad Waterfall is. How many million dollar projects were canceled, were scrapped, had short shelf life because within two years we needed to replace it because they were already obsolete. So, if anything, and I, I've got to use a, a coffee metaphor, you've got to wake up and smell the coffee or the espresso in our case. One way or another, it's not about whether Agile can work it's finding the right Agile. Finding, going up under the umbrella, tinkering around, and find out what are the missing pieces in your organizations? How do you need to extend it, adjust it? And if you need help in that area from someone who's seen a lot, done it a lot, then bring in an outsider. Sometimes the Agile isn't as straightforward as what a couple of diagrams and YouTube videos might make it seem. It's not just a bunch of empty ceremonies of going through the motions. And that's where I think people are underestimating the breadth and the depth of Agile. It's there and you don't have to invent it or reinvent it because we have a 15-year runway of trial and error. So you can pick up and avoid all of the process of elimination that's already been done. I believe 
And I would dare say that there's not an organization out there that can't find a flavor of Agile that can work for you. If you'd like to challenge this, feel free to send me an email or and let me know if you'd like to be on the show and we'll let you say your your perspective on it. We welcome the feedback. We welcome the challenge. But I want to thank you for joining this episode of our SIPs here on Technology Expresso, specializing in Ask the Agile Analyst. I'm Jacqueline Sanders Blackman. You can follow me on Twitter at Requirements Pro, also on LinkedIn, or send me an email at technologyexpresso at gmail.com. If you're interested in some of our training boot camps, you can also find and engage us through b2ttraining.com. Well, thanks for listening. Until next time, that's all. You have been listening to Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. For a full list of our broadcast archives, social media handles, contact information, and upcoming shows, visit our website portal at www.technologyexpresso.com.net and .org. Call our event hotline 855-484-6837 for a list of STEM-related events in various states across the country. That's 855-484-6837. Your feedback is important to us. Send us an email through our website or directly to technologyexpresso at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and remember to listen, learn, leverage, launch.